Welcome to episode 101 of Motherhood in Hollywood. My guest today is Lisa Sturbakov. She is a partner at Orchard Farm Productions, and she's going to talk to us about developing TV shows and everything that goes into producing a new TV show from start to finish, and also how she's managing to do that as a mom of two. Come on, mama. Grab your popcorn and goobers. It's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host, Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts. Here's Heather. Hey, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Motherhood in Hollywood. It's episode 101. We're over the hump. If you guys listened to last week's episode, the 100th episode extravaganza, thank you so much to everybody who entered my giveaway. Was more than happy to give a bunch of prizes and money, <laughs> just giving cash, throwing dollars um, to everybody who's listened to the show um, and helped me out. I appreciate you so, so, so much. Also, um, what was I going to say? You guys, I'm having one of those weeks. Once again, I overbooked myself this past week and, but like in the best way possible, this is something I constantly struggle with. And I talk to Chris a lot about with motherhood in Hollywood is it's like an embarrassment of riches. If you've ever heard that term, it's like so many wonderful things happening at the same time that you can't really complain about it because then you're an asshole. (laughs) It's like, oh, I have all of these wonderful, amazing events to go to and shows to cover and la, 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 my poor life. So I'm not going to do that because that's super douchey to do that. Um, I got to go, if you didn't get to see it on my Facebook page last week, I went to a live taping of Gordon Ramsay's new show, The F Word. I was invited by Fox to come and cover that. And you want, <clears throat> you want to talk about like a very eye-opening experience. I was sitting at a table with um, a couple of mommy bloggers. And it, let me start by saying, I'm, I don't really consider myself to be a mommy blogger. I have nothing against moms who are um, and who write about all of the things that I look online and read about constantly, you know, from uh, the day-to-day parenting tips and lives that they share. But I don't really consider myself to be a mommy blogger because that's not really what I do. I would much rather write about a movie and a TV show and like a new book and, you know, those sorts of things rather than, you know, the more personal day-to-day blogging type stuff. That being said, I realize the name motherhood is in the title of my show and the title of my website. So I do write about and talk about a lot of parenting stuff, as you guys have sure have heard on the show before. Anyway, so I was at this table with a couple of mommy bloggers and man, I have never felt so much like vitriol come from a cup from moms before in this uh, in this space that I've found myself in I was shocked at how strangely competitive they were um, and just flat out nasty and all of this is happening while we're sitting at a table in the middle of a taping of a Gordon Ramsay TV show I I honestly you guys honest to God I never know what to do in that situation because I stick up for myself. I very much, I'm like, if you want to come at me, you have something to say, then I'll, I'll give it right back to you. Like, let's go. You know, we don't need to swing punches or anything, but like, there's just no need to act like that. 
and I just felt so taken aback because it was such a fun experience and we were being treated to a lovely dinner, some free booze, you know, whatever. And these women were just nasty. And, um, so it's been a learning experience for me. I kind of bit my tongue a little bit and grinned through the rest of the dinner, did my, what I was there to do. And then I went home and I told Chris, I was like, I don't know if I want to continue to do that if women are going to be like this. And Chris, you know, rightly so reminded me that this has a, an unusual circumstance. M- almost all of the other mom friends and mommy bloggers and women I've met in this space have been lovely, have been kind and encouraging and funny and supportive. Um, so this was sort of an unusual circumstance that hopefully I will not find myself in again, you guys. Um, so yeah, send me, send me positive vibes. So that was a weird uh, situation, but regardless of that, it was a fun night. Then the next night I got to invited by Hulu and Showtime to come and see the new Jim Carrey executive produced, uh, Jim Carrey show called I'm dying up here about stand-up comedians in the 1970s. It's all fictionalized, um, uh, scripted, I should say show. And it's so smart and so funny, but it's very dark. And I kind of like that. I like a little bit of a dark comedy. So if you guys haven't uh, seen that yet or, ch- or checked it out yet, uh, it's on Showtime on Hulu, which I was kind of confused about a little bit because I was like, wait, is it on Showtime or is it on Hulu? But everything I read said it's on Showtime on Hulu. So I don't know if that's a new thing. Maybe I should look into that if I'm going to call myself an entertainment writer, <laughs> you know, like Hello. So make sure you check out those two shows, Gordon Ramsay's two shows, Gordon Ramsay's The F Word on Fox, and then I'm Dying Up Here on uh, Hulu. Great shows. Had fun at both of them. Also, you guys, we have to talk about Wonder Woman. What an epic movie. If you've not seen Wonder Woman yet, put it on your calendar, mark it down, and go. It's so wonderful. It's so just beautifully written, beautifully shot, great story. It has perfect moments of levity and um, drama and realness. And you really believe that this character, this Diana, um, is could be a real person. And it's, it's honestly something we haven't seen from DC in a while. And what we've all, I think, been hoping for from DC. And I'm going to write a little bit about it and what I thought about it up on motherhoodinhollywood.com. So be on the lookout for that. Also, shout out really quickly to my friends, Vina Crownholm and Aaron Ziering. They just launched their new website, The Millennial Mamas. And uh, it's themillennialmamas.com. So proud of those ladies. They're doing a lot of fun things over there. If you want to go and check that out, see what the millennial moms are doing. I like to consider myself on the cusp of millennial moms, but I think most people would say, nah, bitch, you are way, (laughs) you are way into Gen X. Which is fine, whatever. I'm embracing it. Um, a couple of things I want to tell you guys that are coming up this week. You guys, if you if you missed my announcement in episode 100, listen to the guests that are coming up on my show. Um, Courtney Thorne Smith. I just did a very special bonus episode with her. If you haven't heard that yet, check it out. Courtney Thorne Smith, of course, from Melrose Place, according to Jim and Two and a Half Men. Um, speaking of two and a half men, Lisa Joyner, who is John Cryer's wife, she's going to be on my podcast, Sherry Shepard. Yes, you heard it right. Very funny mama. Sherry Shepard is going to be coming on my podcast in the next few weeks. And this one I'm a little proud of, and I still can't believe it, but Paul Oakenfold. 
Yes, DJ Paul Oakenfold, who is basically the godfather of the EDM electronic dance music movement, is going to be on my podcast. I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb and say I am a baller shot caller. What? I seriously get the best guest. They have the most amazing stories to tell, and I am just in heaven, in heaven. And I'll tell you guys, today's guest is no exception. Lisa Sturbakov is a partner at Orchard Farm Productions. Orchard Farms was started by Lisa, actress Mila Kunis, and Mila's, uh, I believe, talent managers, Susan Curtis and Cammie Curtis. And they now develop and produce TV shows. She has such amazing insights into how television shows are made and um, how this production company with all women at the helm came to be. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this interview with Lisa Sturbakoff. It is such a pleasure to be here on the Disney lot in Burbank, and I am with Lisa Sturbakoff. You are a partner at Orchard Farm Productions, and um Thank you, first of all, for letting me come in, butt into your office uh, in the middle of your work day. Happy to do it. <laughs> um, I want to talk to you. We've been sitting here chatting about mom stuff and Hollywood, and, and um, you're a very busy lady. Tell me what you do with Orchard Farms. Uh, I'm a partner with Orchard Farm Productions. It's um, My partners are Cami Curtis and Mila Kunis, and we formed this company three years ago. Um, and we develop television. We've got a, a first look deal at ABC Studios, and in the last few years, we've sold twelve-ish shows into development, and uh, and so we're busy. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I have two kids. What? I and know. And I'm like, and I thought I was busy. <laughs> I literally just yeah, not nearly as busy. All right, I will stop complaining then. That's amazing. You've sold twelve shows. I think that's about right. Yeah, I think it's twelve. We kind of stopped counting after. Yeah. We sold wow. six in the first year, and that was really intense. Yeah. Um, so we kind of like, obviously we had to slow down because we had shows in development. So we've been developing new shows. Now when you sell them, do you also then actively work in the production of them too? So you could have like six shows going at the same time that you're... Well, I mean, theoretically, but it's Hollywood. So you sell a lot of shows and you make very, very few shows. But I mean, but you know, in active development with many, yeah, I mean, at one point we were in active development with more than six at a time. That's incredible. Yeah. And you are executive producer as well. So does that mean you oversee, um... The day-to-day weekly uh, production of the show. We don't have anything in production right at the moment. So, yeah. um, but yes, once once we are, um, yes, we I will. <laughs> <laughs> and tell me what a typical day is like for you. Oh yeah, um, I get up at six forty-five ish with my kids, and between six forty-five and seven forty, it's chaos of <laughs> making two lunches, making two breakfasts, making sure they eat those breakfasts, mm-hmm. getting everybody dressed brushing everybody's teeth and getting making sure that everything is in the backpacks and getting out out the door walking to school and uh, and by the time I throw them through the gate of that school <laughs> I feel like kick, I should be like high-fiving people yeah. kick you, them out of the car like barely slow down yeah like bye suckers yeah absolutely I mean I I really want to be like yes I did it and it's every single day I have oh that feeling God. of like that was a marathon they're on time yes so do you have a full-time nanny or anything like no, that? No, I have no, I have, I have um, a babysitter that comes twice a week at night. Wow. Yeah. I but have... I did when they were young. Um, we, yeah. With my first, we were broke, so I didn't have a nanny. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went back to work and my husband, who's a writer, took about two-thirds of the time and my mom came down to help out the other time. 
Um, but that was really challenging. It yeah. was really hard. It was hard on him. And uh, my first kid did not. She just, all she wanted was to nurse all day long. And so when he oh. had no boobs, it was really hard oh. to make that happen. Did she take a bottle at all? or was she, she, would do, she wouldn't take a bottle. Oh, no. Not, both of them, when I went back to work, wouldn't take a bottle. And the first one, it was a full month before she would take a bottle. So she would, um, I would run home at lunch, feed her, and then she'd nurse all night long. So that's how she ate. So oh, she was wow. totally flipped in that regard. And then she finally, one day, like the only way she would take a bottle is if you put her in a baby Bjorn facing out and like just shoved the bottle in her mouth and, and she didn't she re- couldn't, Yeah. Then she could see everything else happening around her. Probably didn't notice what was going down. Exactly. Trick them. That's yeah, what I man. say. <laughs> um, but with the second one, we, we did have a nanny and it was glorious. Was it just a magical difference? The difference was that I came home to a clean house. Um, oh. So there wasn't that pressure of like getting home and being like, okay, now I have to do all this. I have um, to clean, I have yeah, to cook dinner and I could all just that stuff. be with kids when I yeah. came home, which was like a real, a real pleasure. Um, and then we put them both in, in preschool at 18 months, which I know is early, but really worked out great for us. Yeah. I think Channing was like, um, that's my daughter, two yeah. years, six months, something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, she was right at the, at the start of her preschool when they said they could take him. I was like, here you go. <laughs> Have a good time. I mean, he's a break. I mean, it was just a couple days a week, but I mean, whew, yeah. you needed it. You, yeah. And how old are your kids now? Now they're five and eight. Okay. So um, they're both in the same school, and mm. it's it, oh, this is a nice. it's really nice, um, yeah. and it's easy. You know, it, n- relatively speaking, it's easy. Yeah, they can do basic things for themselves, like go to the bathroom, and if they're like, oh, you yeah. know, make a bowl of cereal. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I know, right? We I'm even, looking forward to that. We just got to the place where, like, on a Saturday morning, they'll come in and be like, "We're just gonna have some cereal and watch TV," and I'm like, "Great!" And then I go back to sleep, <gasps> which is—I mean, I Magic. come out to like a messy house when I get out in the morning, but who cares? Who cares if I get to sleep until um, nine? Is it terrible that I want to teach my daughter how to turn the TV on and off so I don't have to get up? <laughs> it's not terrible at all. That's perfect. It's it was so bad. It was the I, best. I told my husband, I was like, I am the worst mom ever, but can we teach her how to turn the TV on <laughs> yes. so she can leave us alone in the morning and just yeah. go watch her own cartoons? With my first one, we did no screen time until she was two years old. Oh, wow. At all. You are a rock star. No, That's no, no. It was just stupid. It was. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I have regrets. <laughs> I have regrets. Um, and, uh, and the second one, you know, it wasn't as possible because the first mm-hmm. one w- would watch some shows. They don't watch a huge amount of TV, but on a Saturday morning, uh, go for it. Yeah. I'm. It's you fine. just get to sleep in a little bit. Yeah. It's sometimes it's even just that extra like half hour, hour or something. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband really takes one for the team because he gets up with her. <gasps> she started doing this thing now because um, I work weird hours. I work sometimes to like midnight um, yeah. at my news job. And um, she'll come in in the morning and he'll go, okay, okay, I'm coming, I'm coming. She'll go in the kitchen and she'll get out all of the stuff to make breakfast oh. and just set it on the counter. So when he comes in, it's all ready to be made. That's awesome. But he's like, when do we get to the part where we can teach her to make it? I was like, she cannot fry an egg <laughs> for a while. So you're going to have to just either put the cereal down a little lower. Right. Um, but she cannot like do your fancy fried eggs and bacon stuff that he likes to do. Yeah, we're, they can use like the toaster oven. So anything that's in the toaster yes. oven, we're cool. Yeah, I, I don't let them. They're not like they're stoving not without me. They're not in there, there like making omelets. Hey, not, mom. Not, yeah. Good morning. Oh, uh, but one day, one day, that's the dream, right? <laughs> but it's also there's like that little sadness of like 
you know, when that, when that happens, there's other things that go along with that, yeah. which are like, there's no more like just cuddling on the couch for hours on end either. I so, I mean, you know, it's a give and take, like they, you, you want them to grow up, but you also still want them to be in that cuddly. I mm-hmm. want my mommy kind of a phase for yeah. a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, so how, what is, what is that like for you? You're running a, a major, you know, um, production studio and then you've got to like get uh, for uh pickup school pickup yep. and like you know how do you balance that day-to-day well we you know i mean th- th- here's the great thing mila has two kids we um we run this company knowing that there are children that are important um so it's tough because hollywood normally is kind of at 10 to 7 hours you know or in, longer like, with, or, lo- yeah. I mean, or longer but i mean you mm-hmm. know the like the business the operation hours that you know i mean i still get phone calls from you know agents at 7 30 at night mm-hmm. um kind of every day so, but, but we work, I work more eight to five. Mm-hmm. And so I, I always leave at five, um, so that I can have that time. Cause they go to bed at eight o'clock. And if I don't get home to see them, then when do I see them? Right. So that does mean that sometimes I'm literally like running out the front door to take a phone call where it might be quiet for a second. Um, and they're cool now with that. But when they were like, you know, two and four, it, I'd, I'd be like, I have to take this phone call. And they would just be like screaming in the background while I'm trying to take a phone You're call. Like, Shut up. This is important. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm making millions of dollars. <laughs> no. and, yeah, totally. Uh, <laughs> millions. Millions. And, and I'd be like flagging down my husband, like get, get them out of here so that I can take them. No. All right. Um, but now they it's, it's yeah. totally doable. Um, but I mean, we d- are, we, our assistant stays here late, but we, we, you know, we're out of here by four thirty or five every day. Do you think that's something that's changed over the years? And like, because um, I know you've been um, in entertainment for a while, have you noticed a shift more towards family-oriented producing and production schedules? Because it seems like maybe back in the, and I don't want to, you know, stereotype all of the eighties and nineties, mm-hmm. but it seems like decades ago that. It didn't, who cares if you have a family? We're here to make a TV show, and this yeah. is your number one priority. Well, I, I, de- I mean, I definitely think it, it, that there's been improvement. I mean, there's a, a showrunner that we that we've been working with on something. <coughs> excuse me, um, where he, uh, you know, every show that he has, um, and he's got five kids. Every show that he has, he has a lord. A, yeah, I know. <laughs> and now grandkids. And no judgment. Yeah, um, he has uh, a nursery on on set, and he never what? and he never does more than twelve hours, and he's. Incred- that's amazing. He's, he's thoughtful and incredible about that. Um, that's amazing. I I don't think that's totally across the board. The that norm. kind of things. That, yeah. there, that kind of stuff is happening. But I think people care about parenting. And yeah. was, the more women we get in rooms, the more female directors we get, the more mothers we get out there. I think that we do we do better on that front. And I think that's the key: is the more women who are behind the scenes mm-hmm. and not not necessarily I mean, just on camera, because it does help. You know, if you've got a star that's really into you know um, motherhood and and family. But behind the scenes, I think the people who are setting the schedule and who are, you know, picking the projects and all that stuff, I think that's really important. And this idea, this kind of like machismo idea that like if we work longer, if we work more, we work better isn't true. Yeah. Um, You know, I don't I don't think I mean, I pack a lot into my work days, Mm -hmm. but I don't work the insane lockout long hours that if I didn't have kids that I would. And I don't feel like um, we've suffered. Do you think that um, men are still held to a different standard in that way than women? Because it's not like you hear a lot of dads who are like, "Hey, I need I need a, a an on-site daycare for my kids, yeah. or I need to leave to go get my kids." Is your I, husband's in the biz? So yeah. What does he think about that? Well, I mean, I you know, 
<laughs> I think it depends on the guy, but I but I think it's more acceptable now for a guy to say like I can can we can we close up shop at six as opposed to writing until midnight. Um, it's also like for creatively, I don't know, like writing right. until midnight. Come on, give everybody yeah. a break. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, he when he was going to shoot his pilot, he left for a month, and we didn't see him for an entire month. There wow. is something that is. I mean, that, that, there's not a lot of way around that unless we go to visit him. And with kids in school, it's not really possible. Yeah, I've noticed. Um, well, I mean, I don't know if it's true, but it's, there seems to be a few more productions that are coming back to L.A. instead of all being in. I mean, there's a lot happening in Atlanta, but Toronto yeah. and all of that yeah. stuff. And I know that that's where a lot of people go. And sometimes they take their families with them for the three months that they're shooting their series. And sometimes their families are here. And I think it, I think it really depends on kind of the ages of your, of your kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, and if you're working in the summer, sure. Like take your, take your kids, go on it, you know, go on a trip. It's great. Um, and you know, it's hard cause we actually work on We have one show actually with my husband. Mm-hmm. So, um, and we're looking uh, internationally for that one. Um, to and, film it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so and like, you're like, uh, <laughs> uh, do we have to, maybe we just relocate the whole family. It'll be yeah. great. Um, but, but no, I mean, I think that there, there would be a little back and forth. And I mean, in, in terms of our own team, you know, we, between who's going to be on set, I think we were, um, flexible yeah. on that. And so we, there's a, there's three of us. And so we can, we can split that, this burden up a little bit. Now, since you work a lot in, it's mostly television, All right? Television. You guys don't do any films. We do not. Um, what kind of trends are you noticing in television shows and productions right now? Is it all millennial stuff? Uh, am I totally hosed <laughs> for <laughs> casting in the future or? No, I don't. Well, I think we have more outlets than we've ever had. Yeah, which I, is great. Yes. Um, so I think there's more opportunities than than ever, and that that part of it is great. Um, it is there is a fair like millennial thing. I am not a millennial, so I'm of course I'm always like, either. oh, but I can play one on TV. <laughs> yeah, no. I, you can. You look very young. You could do it. Um, I, I definitely think there is a, a desire to get those millennial eyeballs because they don't watch TV the way that we grew up it's watching different. TV. Yeah. Um, so I know that there's there's that desire and that and that need. We're at a studio that has, you know, the network, the demographic for this for ABC Network is a little bit older, so I think we don't feel quite as much pressure. Oh, that's true. I guess I didn't even think about something like that. Yeah. Will you tilt your mic down just a little? I sure like, will. Sorry. More straight on. There you go. There we go. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I guess it depends on where your deal is and. Who I mean, you're and we're only with. first look, so I mean, we do have um, we do have some, some flexibility other, there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we. A lot of our writers, I mean, have a fair number of writers that we work with are, are younger and are um, have that millennial point of view, which is, is an interesting point of view. Yeah. But there are actually a lot of a lot of kind of thematic stuff about the, about those generations that we see come through. Are you noticing a lot more politically driven uh, content coming a la, you know, Handmaid's Tale? And I mean, I don't know that Handmaid's Tale, and this is just my own um, observation, necessarily would have done as well a few years ago when the the books came out versus now now everyone's like this is happening yeah i no, i agree i mean the timing could not be better and i'm assuming you're watching i'm sorry i I should have like obsessively watching i realized i should have asked if you're watching it having like fever dreams afterwards seriously oh god what do we do (laughs) women get together yeah well um i think political 
kind of subtly political, yes. The, I think the like overtly like actually shows about politics. Everybody's so overwhelmed with politics yeah. right now that I House don't think anybody cards, really wants. I mean, I love House of Cards. I, yeah. I do too. But I mean, I think for this, if you're looking at kind of this year coming up, I we we're basically saying kind of a no go to on anything that is like actually like set in Washington about Washington because there's yeah. just a lot of it. And I mean, we're watching. Well, you're it. seeing it in the news, right? Yeah. And nothing that we could make up will be. As good. As good as what's as, as awful. As watchable and yeah. terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I definitely I think that our where I think we're talking more about allegory mm-hmm. than we are about like actually about politics. Yeah. We're going to get back to our interview with Lisa in just a moment, but I want to tell you guys about Nudu. That's N-U-D-U. Nudu is a luxury skincare line that has no toxic chemicals in any of their products. Now, you guys probably have uh, your own routine when it comes to skincare, or maybe you're looking for a new routine. Check out Nudu. It's an easy three-step process. Cleanse to purify, tone to balance, moisturize to glow. And the best part? It's all chemical free. Go right now to motherhoodinhollywood.com. Click on the new do image that will take you to their website where when you go to the checkout, make sure you enter the code Hollywood and you get 20% off of your order. All of it for radiant, glowing skin. New do helping you create a new you. Do you ever watch shows and you're like, oh, I wish we had that show. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, like, like Handmaid's Tale is one, absolutely. <laughs> but you know what? What one we just I just watched and was like, oh, that we would have done that show is um, Mary Kills People on Lifetime. Mary Kills People. Yeah. What is that? It's it's this great show on Lifetime that is about it's I think it's six episodes total, um, at least for the first season. Um, that it's about a woman who like kills people who are dying. She euthanizes them. Oh, okay. Um, but it's great. Yeah, it's really good. I'll have to check that out then. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard of that. There's so many good shows and so much good content right now that mm-hmm. quite honestly, it's overwhelming. And I find that I, there's really no more appointment television unless it's like a, the voice or, you know, a show that or like that yeah. has a result at the end that you want to see. But everything else, I'm just like, okay, I'll have to wait till I have a free moment to binge all of those. And mm-hmm. like I binged all of Girl Boss. Yeah. In one sitting, because I was like, I'm not gonna have time to come back to this. There's too much swearing. Can't watch it with the kid around. <laughs> right, so right. I was up to like three in the morning, like, got it. All right. Right. Um, whenever uh you get approached with shows, um how does that process work? Because I know you said you have a first look deal for yep. people who may not know what a first look deal is. Tell me what that is. It means that any anything that we are interested in developing for television, we first have to bring to ABC Studios and they can decide whether they are interested in developing it or not. Um, and there's, you know, there's a broadcast division and the cable division and um, and it's Yeah, because ABC yeah. is huge. They they have yeah. like ABC Family and, you know, yeah. all yeah. that. In, 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 the, in the family. In the Disney family. And we've, we've developed a couple things with ABC Family and, you know, obviously with the network. So, I mean, it's it's um it's a big family which is nice and where do you get your ideas from oh it's such a mix um sometimes it's like straight up somebody pitches us an idea and we love it and or we see something in it that we think is really interesting and we and we we work together to make that a pitch that we all think is really great um occasionally we occasionally we read a spec that we think is special enough that we want to take it out that's occasionally. So you think is that sort of the spec um, spec scripts for those you don't know? Writers will sometimes take a show that's maybe already on the air or a pilot, original pilot that they've created, 
write a script for it and kind of shop that around. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe sometimes with a treatment attached to it or another show idea. Uh, does that happen as much anymore? We get specs all the time. Oh really? All the time. Every day. Um, I wasn't sure if that kind of was dying out. Well, you you know, know, it's, it's not great for broadcast. There's kind of very little point in specking something from broadcast, but on the cable side, particularly like the streaming side, um, like Amazon, Netflix, Hulu, uh, unless you are, you know, a high level writer, they, they don't develop as much. They want to see what the show is. And so they would actually prefer to read a script. We, you know, unless you're, I see. I mean, listen, Genji Cohen should go in there and pitch and, and, and they rightly should be like, yes, we'll yes, do whatever, we'll take it. We'll whatever take it. you want. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, when, if we're bringing in newer writers to you those places, to script. we need a script. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so on the cable side, I think a script is really helpful also because I think on the cable side, we're kind of taking bigger swings and you need that proof of concept to show what it's what it's going to look like. Um, but we get a lot. And so they really have to be exemplary for us to, yeah. to jump on, on those. And then we get I'm properties, sure. you know, um, books, books yeah. and um, international IP that we look at. Sometimes there's an article. Sometimes it's just like a, we actually have a show that we're then I show idea that's based on a song that like we heard and thought that's amazing. an interesting idea. Yeah. You don't have to tell me on air cause we yeah. know so no one will steal it, but I want you to tell me. After. Well, <laughs> absolutely. I'm curious to know. <laughs> totally. Um, and so we always have kind of our idealist so that when we're, if we're just generally meeting with a writer that we like their work, we can mm-hmm. talk about, you know, here's some ideas, here's some worlds that we would like to develop with and see mm-hmm. if something sparks. Um, is there a, a, um, I, I guess you guys would be taking a big risk if you work with a writer that's new or hasn't really ever. We do it all before. the time. Oh, really? See, I didn't know that. It's I, hard. I just assume, and and just from what I've heard based on um, conversations with people, that no, 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 you have to have like an actor. You have to have all this mm-hmm. experience. You have to have all these credits, or nobody will work with you. I think that's probably generally true. Mm-hmm. But here's the and and I think on broadcast it really is true because mm-hmm. they really do want proof that this person can really ha- really has the goods. But I think there's room on cable for a new voice and we um our mutual friend yeah. Andy Bolt is a perfect uh, yay is a perfect example of this. Um she and her partner Amy came in with a pitch. They had um Andy had written one spec Mm-hmm. Amy, we Amy's writing package was sorry guys for telling me all this was um, <laughs> was like a, a series of sketches. So and mm-hmm. they had a pitch that when they first came in was um, an insane mess of brilliance. <laughs> it was brilliant, like, oh, and, no. but it was a me- but it was a little bit of a mess. And like we were like, this is everything, but it needs it needs work. Yeah. And they um, they're so good, even being just as green as can be, we could say, here's how this needs to look to be a great pitch. And in seven hours, they turned around a document that was 90% what we asked for. Wow. Um, so Andy's brilliant. She's brilliant. Yeah. And, and that pitch, they are so funny in the room. Mm-hmm. So we, they were new. Nobody knew who they were. They had not sold. They had not staffed. They had not done anything. So, That's but amazing. when we pitched it on the, ca- on the cable side, three of the four places we took it made offers. That's amazing. So that and that is because they were so unique. They were so funny. The idea was exciting and mm-hmm. felt new. And the package made sense kind of on a branding side from, for our team. So, so much of it was so good. So we we will do it. It is, it's a harder sell. It is. Yeah. Um, but we don't shy away from it if we think impossible. it's great. It's not impossible. So for all the writers and people with ideas who are generating content and all that stuff out there, don't like let you know, your nerves or don't let the system, the old, you know, the system that's kind of been in place for a while, like hold you back because that is very 
encouraging to hear yeah um that you don't have to be a seasoned ep or showrunner or have all this stuff under your belt to be able to go hey i've got a great idea mm-hmm. that i think people it would resonate and we package it up if we have mm-hmm. a, like a new writer that we think the idea is really something special we will package mm-hmm. them with a bigger showrunner to to or a director or some or something of the like to to help that and package. that's something you, um, cause you used to be an actress. Is that right? Oh my God. Years ago. Yeah. Um, how did you then transition into this field? Oh, wait, this is such a weird transition. Um, I, I went, I was, I went to an arts high school. I, my degree in theater from UCLA, I left and was like, I'm going to be an actress. Um, <laughs> and I was doing a show like a, a few months after I graduated, I was doing a show at the Geffen, which, you know, in Los Angeles, it's the place that you can really kind of make the most money acting. Mm-hmm. I, um, I'm not built for film and television. It's like, like same. <laughs> I'm not either. Even like, even at like my just out of college skinniest, um, they, I was actually, I was on days of our lives and they had to get me a men's belt to go after my massive size 10 oh, hips no. because you know, so big. Oh God. Um, God, I love this town. I yes, mean, I love it's it. It's great. Um, and so I, when I when I did that show at the Geffen, I had to quit my. And wedding. I should say, by yeah. the way, you are not a large woman at all. You have a lovely, perfectly oh, wonderful so size. I just realized I was like, we need to say this. Uh, I'm five foot nine, and I have very broad shoulders, and that just doesn't. It doesn't not a, cut it, it in doesn't, Hollywood. No, no, it doesn't. Um, and and so I had to quit my waiting tables job to take this play, and um, and then I realized in the middle of it that I had no work when it was over, and I was making so much less money at this play than I yeah. was waiting tables. I was making less money on Days of Our Lives than I was waiting tables. So oh, I was making wow. a lot of money waiting tables. Uh. Um, so I just quit. I just went. I don't. And and frankly, the the parts of theater that I loved. We're telling stories and working as community, mm-hmm. and um, and hanging out with people who are like-minded. Oh my god, and like that's yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. So I went into real estate. What? And then very um, quickly transitioned into something called uh, I was a receiver for the California Superior Court. So basically, um, I know it's Whoa. so weird. This Whoa. is it was such a like with my theater degree, which every time I testified, I had to say that I had a theater degree and it was always really and they hilarious. Were like, oh. Yeah. So not in like accounting. No, not, no, in accounting. not at all. Um, but all of this kind of comes back around. Um, but basically my job was to act as a neutral party when there was a dispute and to take over an, an entity, either a building or a business. Okay. Um, and take care of it while those, while the you know owner or and lender or partners or whoever were duking out their fight, and make sure that that business doesn't get run to the ground, that building doesn't get run to the ground, nobody's stealing any money. So, okay. But what that meant is I was taking over new buildings, new businesses all the time, um, oh. and so it was one of those things where it's like, oh, this is a uh, this is a mini mall that you need to go take over. Okay, I don't know anything about mini malls. All right, well, I'll go figure it out. And I did that for a long time, um, and it's a great career. And it was how interesting. And I actually really I didn't know that was a thing. No, nobody yeah. does. Um, <laughs> and I really deeply enjoyed it. And then um, I was pregnant with. I had a baby for a friend of mine, and I was pregnant with that baby. Wait, what? Yeah, I had a baby for a friend after I had my own kids. So oh, wow. like two and a half years you ago, I had another baby. Some yeah. like major information yeah. there. <laughs> um, and Mila was pregnant with her first, and uh-huh. she just said, "Would you?" I, I want to do this mm-hmm. and I want to do it with you. The production company? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Cammie, mm-hmm. who is, who's been Mila's manager forever. Yeah. And, um, and she's like, I need you to leave your career and come and do this. Uh-huh. And I went, no, it all makes sense. It's, um, 
you know, the running of the business part of it mm-hmm. is very easy. In the middle of, while I was doing all the other stuff, I was also producing movies for friends who were like, oh, I've got, you know, a hundred grand to make a movie. And I'd be like, all right, we can do that. Let's make it happen. Wow, so, that's amazing. So all of this all, it really totally makes sense that I was back here. Every single person as, as it happened, every one of my life was like, of course, this is where you should where be. Where you should be, yeah. Because especially <clears> if you have that background and that passion for acting and for the business for storytelling and then for storytelling. Yeah. And then to apply it with developing a business yep. and developing something, it yeah. just totally makes sense. Yeah. And, and frankly, all the skills that are from the other career are completely applicable. Yeah. You know, dealing with different personalities and keeping a hundred balls in the air at once. It's all, it's, that's impressive. Yeah. It's pretty I simple. Do it. And how did you meet Mila? Um, she was my husband's, um, friend. So oh, when they were they from robot chicken? No, we before. From um, before then? Oh, yeah. Okay. My husband grew up with Seth Green and so oh, wow, okay. Seth was in a movie. I think maybe Seth did seventies. I something and mm-hmm. and my husband met Mila and um they hit it off, which is hilarious because, you know, he's like ten years older than she is and, and but they just and she was like eighteen at the time, but they just uh-huh. became such friends. Good friends, yeah. Um and when um when I started dating him, he's like, I, my friend has to meet you and approve of you, or I can't keep dating you. And I was what? like, I know. like, who is this bitch? I know. I know. And <laughs> I was what like, I what? Excuse me. I mean, she's 10 years younger than me too. So I was like, that's, that seems weird, but it, yeah. it wasn't at all. Yeah. I mean, and we, we immediately became friends and we've been, we were, we've been friends since. And it's something, this is, it's something that we'd always talked about. Like, you know, if she's like, if I ever do a production company, you're my, you're my one. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Um, and it just felt like time for her, um, to felt like time to do it. Yep. Um, and it sounds like it's working out. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's like, sounds like you guys are doing pretty good. We ask, I mean, Mila's a pro. She's been in the business forever. She's time, been yeah. in television forever. You know, being on a show for eight years really does give you a huge, um, breadth of knowledge and yeah. incredibly good instincts. Um, so if, uh, I, I listen to her instincts. Even sometimes she says something and I'm like, I don't get it. And then eventually I'm like, ah, I got it. Got it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think we're not ashamed to ask any questions. I think, you know, year one was a little bit of like, let's, let's, let's just jump, jump in, in and, and do, see what yeah, we do. And now we you figure know, it out as you go kind of thing. And really quickly realize that we, you know, we were actually really good at this. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you want to do or anywhere anything you see the production company doing in the future that's like a challenge for you or like what or are you already in the midst of your challenge <laughs> yeah our our biggest challenge this is the we're constantly doing this where we have a writer who comes in and they pitch us something and we're like Meh. and then they say well there's this thing that I've always wanted to do and it's crazy it's like an insane idea that nobody's ever going to make because it's, you know, because you don't understand it and you don't totally see it. And, uh-huh. and it's nothing that anybody's ever seen. And it's a new way of telling a story. And it's, you know, and those are the things that we always get really excited about. So our big challenges is that in general, we like ideas that are huge swings. Yeah. Um, and, and so it takes longer. It takes more proof of concept. It takes a lot of work to get those things to, um, to push that kind of big train up that hill. Yeah. But that's what we do. That's what we that's what we really like doing. And the, the projects that we're most passionate and excited about are those kinds of projects. Like I just imagine somebody going in and pitching in Game of Thrones mm-hmm. and right. going, all right, it's not a real place. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's right. A really weird place. And all these strange characters are vying for a throne, which we never really see <laughs> until the end. Like I can totally see somebody going in with like a lot of balls to do that. Uh, oh, the showrunner, actually. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> not just some. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's actually, I think, where we have our best skills is in helping shape mm-hmm. how to communicate what the show is. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's our best, that's our best skill. I mean, we can, we know how to, we know how to make that pitch happen. And I have to say it is beyond impressive that you also do that with two kids. I mean, I know that they're not there with you all the time, <laughs> no. but they're not, and, they're and not in all your pitch meetings going, no mom, we don't like this one. No, but I, I on take your daughter to work day. I took my eight year old and, um, and I mean, she's been to the, she's come to the, they come yeah. to the office occasionally and mm-hmm. it's, it's all fine. But I usually go into meetings and they stay in my office while I go into the meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, but for take your daughter to work day, I'm like, come into this meeting, come and sit in. And it was just a general meeting with a writer who, um, was amazing. And like five minutes in, she just came over and she's like, can I not? in here this is your job is really boring oh no and then I took to like to oh, a, no. a location scout for uh, the thing that we're doing and oh, that's fun. that uh, right yeah that's and cool. at that place she goes oh, I wish I'd gone with, like with Martine's dad I'm like <gasps> what does Martine's dad do well he's a middle school teacher oh and I was like what oh, one day okay one is day. that a cooler job than mine and she's like yeah your job is really boring Oh, no. Well, that's like when huge celebrities say that their kids are like, yeah, big deal, mom. Like Kristen Bell's mom gives, or kids do not care that she's the voice of like one of the biggest Disney movies of all time. Okay, can I tell you a story about that? Yes. Okay, so. You were actually the voice. I was. Of Anna. (laughs) Clearly. Um, No, when my, when Frozen was at its peak, we Mm -hmm. were at a party and Kristen Bell was there and we said, I said, oh. And she's so she's just like the nicest human being in the mm-hmm. whole world. And I said, Sophie, this is um, Kristen Bell. She plays Anna. And Sophie's like, oh, okay, cool. And <laughs> she walked away, and Sophie looks at me, and she goes, I want to meet Adina Menzel. <gasps> and I was I'm like, like okay, excuse okay. me. I guess you're too Let fancy. Let me just make her appear right now. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Only in L.A. Oh. Well, you know, like, you could be like, this is Anna, you know? like, And they're like, mm, don't care. Yeah. Over at Mom. Um, one day though, she will look back and be like, oh my gosh, my mom made all these cool TV shows. Yeah. That's the hope. And yeah. That's they, amazing. They had some, my, my husband's pilot was, um, last year was a horror pilot and you know, there were, they were like four and seven when it was finished and they were like, we have to see it. And we're like, but it's, it's like really scary. And they were like, we have to see it. So we like, we put terrible parents, we put it on. <laughs> And when it was over, the little one goes, I thought there'd be more blood. Where's more? She's like, four. Where's more? Is there, there going to? And like halfway through, she's like, is there going to be more blood? I'm like, no. Uh, yeah. I mean, they'll, I guess. Maybe a little. They, Calm they, down, psycho. They know every, they don't, because they have parents who make television. Yeah. And they probably are they used to it. They don't think anything is real. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't even think about that. So like, it's all fake. It's all actors. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. And how they're going to grow up and, and all of that and see all the behind the scenes, you know? Yeah. I think about that when I take Channing on Movie Lots with me when I have to go to auditions. Because I've been taking yeah. her with me to auditions since she was like two months old. Oh, that's so maybe. great. Because I'm like, this is my job. Is it ever a problem? It's never been a problem. That's Every amazing. casting director I've ever met has been so lovely. I don't take her to producer sessions. Like, I really, really try to not yeah. um, do that. But every casting director has been so lovely. And I'm, I'm sure they don't love it. But she's also just hangs out. Like she, just, she doesn't like freak out or anything. Right. She just sits there. Um, and uh, it, it's just, it's my job. Yeah. And I don't have, I definitely do not have the money to get a babysitter every time I have an audition. And, you know, I also have really great friends who 
um, I bribe with lunch and ice cream to come with me and hang out with her, oh, that's you great. know, yeah. uh, while I run in really quick. So there's a way to work it out. And that's one of the things I always try to tell people with this show is like, there's always a way to make it work. Like yep. reach out to your community of moms and dads and say, Hey, help me out. I'll help you out. Yep. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll make it work. And once they're old enough to like do sleepovers and play dates and things like that. I mean, you can, it, it, you really can work with other parents to be like, can I drop my kid off for however long, you know, we, I've, my girls had a a friend whose dad was, um, uh, he's a single dad and he, he was like, I, I desperately have to do this thing. Can she spend the night? You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, yes, just come over and have her spend the night. It's great. I'm looking forward to the, um, sleepover times. Like, (laughs) I mean, sending her away. Yeah. It's great when you're sending them away. (laughs) When they're at your your house, you're like, like, How many do you have at a time? Like one or Um, two or like four or five? We've had for a birthday party, we had five. And that was too much. It, well, it was too much because my kid like actually likes to sleep, so she's like, getting, like <laughs> she's real. Like, everyone, ir- shut up! <laughs> everyone, shut- the little one was mad because like none of her friends were over, Aww. and so she she like locked herself in our bedroom with my husband and was just like, we we get to have like daddy Sammy time, and I'm like, great. And so then I was charged with these other insane seven year olds, um, and yeah, at one point it was literally going mm-hmm. in and going, guys, that's it, that's it, we're done. Because it. Yeah, because yeah, you know, because Sophie came out and was like, "I have to go to sleep," and they're just they're so loud. <laughs> they're just having so much fun. It was so like annoying. ten o'clock. Everybody <gasps> oh was asleep God. by ten thirty. But I mean, now I mean, when it's one on one sleepovers, they're asleep by nine thirty or so. I mean, it's not it's oh, not terrible. So it's just kind of chaos. I'm sure. Well, I look forward to that. I think we're kind of she's just turned four, so we're almost to the age where yep. I think I'm comfortable. And I, I'm t- talking to other moms. We're like, should we try it? Should we do it? So I think we're gonna just yeah try one and see how it goes. Yeah. Um. So tell me, what shows um do you have that are gonna be coming out soon that we can all be on the lookout for and support and shout out? I'll let you know as soon as I know. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> no you, so you have to wait in here, right? Yeah. There's that... a lot of waiting in here. Oh, so wow. there there's some things that look really good, and we're just waiting. I see. I forget about that, that you guys also are kind of, mm-hmm. you could spend all this work and time yes. on a show and then the network for whatever reason could just go, no, we're going to pass. Yeah. I mean, oh. more often than not, that's really? the case. And then what happens to all that money that you spent on the show? Well, we don't spend any money on the show. Oh, <laughs> in my mind, you guys are all just like, here, pick, get a camera. Here, here, no, 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 Get no. some mics. Nope, 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 nope. Um, uh, people lose money on shows. Oh, I mean, that's what yeah. I mean, but they, you know, they make a lot of pilots. They only pick up a few. That's how it, that's it's just part the of the nature deal. of the it's business. The of the business. Yeah. Wow. There's a lot of risk, but a lot of reward. Yeah. That's yes. Funny. And, and, you know, on the broadcast side at all, the great thing about broadcast is that it moves fast. Um, which of course is a little hard on the turn in terms of quality because you just really are kind of cranking it out. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, on cable, you it can be so long before you know whether really? something is going to go or not. It can be. So do you find so then that long. you have to have like shows ready to go as a backup or do you well, just kind of go, well, okay, those didn't work out. Let's move on to something else. We, we are constant. We are in different states with every show. We are constantly developing new as and con- shows are coming and going, dropping off, coming in, seeming that they're dead and then suddenly not being dead. I mean, it is a it's a constant fluctuation. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, but so so that the good part is they're almost always unless except during that kind of broadcast crunch, um, mm-hmm. Decemberish, where you're like, oh my gosh, let's get make sure these things look really good. Um, these scripts look really good. Uh, 
except for that during that time, there's there's always a different. Um, we're at a different place with every a different show. place, yeah. different point with every project. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, then we will be on the lookout to see the second um, what projects are yep. coming out, and then um, I will support it with Motherhood in Hollywood and cheer it on. The three people that listen to my show will Yay. be super excited. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's like five, um, but uh, but thank but they're you a so strong much. five. But they're a strong five, and they're vocal. Thank you, guys. I love you guys. Um, thank you so much for taking yep. the time to talk with me. I know you're super busy, and yep. Andy, who is our mutual friend, I should have given her a shout out at the beginning, um, is incredible. I always call her my sister from another mister. Um, and uh, so I'm so glad that she introduced us. I know, me too. This is so great. Awesome. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. I'm going to put information up about Lisa and about Orchard Farm on my website, motherhoodandhollywood.com. I hope you have a wonderful week. And remember, I'm not a perfect mom, but I can play one on TV. Bye. balls.